Welcome to the Frakes on Film Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Frakes. In this podcast, me and a guest will have a little chat. Then we'll sit down and watch a movie we've both been recommended many a times by viewers like yourselves. We will watch the film, discuss it, and decide whether or not you should still be recommending it. If you're interested in any of the films we're watching on the show today, you can find them over at Movie Madness on Southeast Belmont Street in Portland, Oregon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the show. On today's episode of Freaks on Film, I'm joined by uh, Bennett Campbell Ferguson once again. It's the second time on the show. Uh, ben is a critic and writer for the Willamette Week and Oregonian. Uh, he also runs the THO uh, movie review podcast and blog. Uh, Bennett, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, it's good to be back. Thanks yeah. for having me again. How you Ryan. been, man? I've been good. Yeah, yeah. I've been the, I've been busy, which you know I. As I need to relearn and learn over again, I need to be busy to be busy? happy. You're like one of the busiest people I know, so I don't know what <laughs> you're talking you. about. So I, I, even even that, I still have too much downtime sometimes. Really? That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's then I get I get like mopey and you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you keep yourself busy by you. Know, I mean, you go to these plays and all these movies. You just told me you went to. Well, you said you went to three movies yesterday. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's up with that, man? What did you go see? So I'm reviewing the Judy Garland biopic with Renee Zellweger for Willamette Week. Oh, so I was Yeah, so I was uh, going to go to the press screening that day. Okay. And then, you know, uh, as uh, some of our listeners probably remember, you know, we both work at Cinema 21. Uh, a couple of my friends uh, there said mm-hmm. they wanted to see uh, This Is Not Berlin, which is playing at one screening late at night there. So... I was like, okay, great, you know, uh, I'll do uh, Judy, do and This Is Not Berlin, two movies in one day. And then I, I, but I also wanted to see Akira at the oh, Academy. Oh, Academy, yeah, yeah, And uh, that, I was going to see that the day before. So I'm biking up to the Academy. It starts hailing. I'm getting, like, like pelted with hail. And I was like, I got to turn back. And I was like, but damn it, I still want to see Akira. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll slip in Akira between the other two movies, and I'll just, like, kind of, Zigzag all over town on the bus, and you oh my know, god, man. that's what I did. And it was uh, Akira was worth it though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's it's definitely an odd movie, and I'm, I'm parts of it baffled me. Yeah, but you know, it was. I'm I'm really glad I saw it. And I've never seen Akira, but I know that it's always had some sort of. Uh, it's always had this. It's always been in a like a limbo for production to make like an actual live action. Yeah. version of Akira, yeah. too. So. Well, it's, it's funny, because, you know, uh, Taika Waititi is scheduled to direct the live-action remake, but, That's you right. know, then, you know, that got delayed, so it was like, okay, he's going to direct another Thor movie before that, but then it's like, oh, wait, he's also directing this soccer movie with Michael Fassbender, so it's like, Akira's not ever going to happen with Taika Waititi, is it? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> That's I, mean, it might, I mean, I heard that, you know, Jojo Rabbit got really mixed reviews over... Uh, was it at TIFF? Yeah, and yeah. yet it won uh, the Audience Award there, which is often a precursor to Best Picture. So clearly, it's it's going to be this a happens, controversial though, man, movie. Right? Yeah. Everything's just like mixed reviews for a lot of these. A lot of pictures that go on to you know, yeah, have have a decent following. You well, know? Green Book had mixed reviews, and uh, I yeah. hate that movie, but you know. <laughs> Some people we don't uh, want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drudge up, uh, drudge up the pain. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what? Actually, Academy this weekend, I saw they had like a killer list of movies this week too. They had Midsummer. Did you see Midsummer yet? 
Yeah, I love Midsummer. Yeah, yeah man. One of the best the, movies of the year by far. Really? That's right. Because so, you didn't yeah. you didn't see uh you don't like Hereditary that much, right? No, I didn't like Hereditary, but I mean as as often happens with, you know, uh, interesting directors, you know, some do it for me, some don't. You know, like I was just thinking about Denis Villeneuve the other day. You know, I used to to I hated a lot of Denis Villeneuve's films, yeah. but then for some reason Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 really worked for me, you know, in a big, exciting way. Yeah, Denis worked a certain way on me, too. I had, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Sicario the first time I saw it. And yeah, I don't I'm know, not it into took, a, took a second viewing for me on that one. I love that movie now. You know, in Insandies, which was kind of, I think, the movie that got the attention of, of moviegoers in the U.S., you know, I, I don't even think that's a good movie. Which yeah. one is that? It's a, it's, it's a movie, it's sort of a family drama slash terrorism thriller and it, it has a strong following for sure but it has a really kind of pulpy ridiculous dumb soap operatic twist at the end that for me just kind of you know showed that he was still growing as a filmmaker because it has extraordinary scenes like there's a scene with an attack on a, on a bus that's shot like all from inside the bus and it is a riveting scene but it's a riveting scene and kind of a messy movie that's not quite as profound or clever as it thinks it is. Yeah, or maybe in as much as his later pictures for sure, right? No, yes, I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, partly was, you know, he started making movies that just kind of appealed to my sensibilities more, but I also think he's matured. Yeah, I think he's a better storyteller. I want to go back because be. Ari Aster, man, this, you got to... There's credit where credit's due, man. Two movies in the past, in uh, one year, exactly. You well, know, you get my hats off to anyone who can make movies I know, that fast, that's, especially movies so meticulous. Like, uh, yeah, you know. No, you know, we just watched the other night. I seen Hereditary. I love Hereditary, um, but you know, I'm not. I'm not too hard to scare. I'm gotcha. Pretty, pretty easy to scare. But same uh, here. Same but I actually, here. just love the movie itself. But the other night we watched uh, Rosemary's Baby. You ever seen Rosemary's Baby? I haven't seen Rosemary's Damn. Baby, to my shame. So I cannot really <laughs> talk about it too much, but there's a lot that I got from Rosemary's Baby that I can see Ari Aster was a fan of, and there's nice. many things from that film. I, For one, you just got to see Rosemary's Baby. Just check oh, it will. out. You check it out, and then maybe you'll it's actually— on the proverbial you list. You might actually <laughs> enjoy Hereditary more if you watched Rosemary's Baby first. Well, I think it's the case with, like, a lot of movies. Oh, yeah, you, totally. I mean, you know, I, you know I've been getting into— martial arts films lately and i think i think i you know appreciate crouching tiger hidden dragon more you know having gone back and yeah. watched a touch of zen which you know was is a major you know major moment for that genre yeah so not only film you were working on uh doing play play reviews right now right yeah Have you yeah. been to uh been to any live theater shows recently uh the last one i went to was portland center stages uh in the heights which, are, which was or their version of In the Heights. It's a it's a play that Lin Manuel Miranda did before Hamilton. Okay, and it's also a musical. And uh, my review is actually out today, the day we're recording. Oh, nice! Yeah, excellent. And it's uh, it's very good. It's a lot of fun. It's a really beautiful, lavish production with some great songs. Uh, uh, and I talk about this in review. The only criticisms I have really are, are with the script itself, which kind of airs on the side of. Uh, of niceness and optimism and you know like i i'm an optimistic person i you know it's important to me to be a nice person but in art i feel like you uh you, you get if you get too sunny you kind of uh lose the edge you need to really engage people and yep there are some moments in that play where it's like you know 
it's like, hi, I could, we could. This could be a little less happy. Yeah, it could be a little <laughs> less yeah. happy, you know, which I, you know, I, I feel like a, I, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, what Lin-Manuel Miranda was doing because, you know, he, he wanted to make, a, a, you know, a musical about Latinx characters who aren't like, you know, stereotypical, who aren't, you know, gangsters and whatnot. So in a sense, I like appreciate the, the sunniness of it. You know, and I, and I see what he was doing, but I, I think there are times where it's like, well, we could cut, you know, one of the many songs that basically the gist of it is we're having a good time and everything's great. So what, what is the actual <laughs> play itself about? What's the plot? So it's um, uh, it, it's set in the, the Washington Heights, which is a neighborhood uh, in New York. Uh, it's known as Little Dominican Republic. Uh, and it, it's just kind of sort of a story about the neighborhood slice of life, about the people living there. There's a guy who's uh, trying to save up money so he can move back to the Dominican Republic and start a bar there. There's a, you know, a, a young woman who's who's come back from Stanford. You know, she's, you know, kind of uh, had to leave college because, you know, she was having to, you know, work really hard at her job to, you know, pay for her books. And as a result, it, it already sounds like the setting is completely wrong for something that wants to be so happy. It, at least, at it, least if you know tricky. the East Coast, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. And you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be misleading. It's, it's a play I recommend. I, I think it's, it's yeah, yeah. great and it no, works totally. overall. It's just like, you know, I mean, there, you know, I mean, there is that thing, you know, like, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, I mean, one, one thing I don't like is that there's, you know, a part where a character wins the lottery, and I feel yeah. like that kinds of kind of makes it too easy because suddenly there's this money that's basically a silver bullet that can solve all these problems for the characters yep. and, you know, stuff like that, I, I just feel is... It just feels amazing. like an out. Yeah, the yeah, it's itself. an out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's never... So what? which uh, theater company was this? That was uh, uh, Portland Center Stage, yeah. Portland Center Stage. Which they've, I mean, they... I mean, Portland Center so Stage past the script, Portland Center Stage just did a great job with this, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful production, you know, incredible scenic design. Uh, great, great actors, and uh, and just I I just love what Portland Center Stage is doing this year in general because they uh, they did uh, a play about a one woman show about uh, Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, the is is I think you know within the for me the top five, probably even the top three Portland plays of the year, and you know and they they did other good stuff this year as well. So they're nice. They're pretty. They're pretty damn reliable. And so you said you put this uh, review up today. Um, where's this at? Is that Wolf? this is one? Yeah, League. yeah. It's in the it's in the paper and it's online. You know. Excellent. Well, I'm going to break into the reason why we're here. Uh, me and Ben have picked another movie uh, besides the last time we did To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Um, we're getting into a movie that me and him both never seen, but re- been recommended, and that. Uh, that is going to be the Escape from New York, the 1981 John Carpenter film starring Kurt Russell and uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Um, ben, do you have any sort of ideas about what this movie is going to be like? No, because I, I'm I'm woefully behind on my uh, John Carpenter. The only John Carpenter movie I've seen is uh, is Big Trouble in Little China, and I, I love that. So I I sort of expect this is going to be delightfully kitschy in that same fashion but you know i i know next to nothing about it so i'm you know, yeah, excited to dive in i'm i'm excited to check this out too because 
to be honest, I, the only things I ever really saw from John Carpenter were horror films. Mm-hmm. And this movie doesn't strike me as a horror film whatsoever. I do. Yeah, I, I haven't. I mean, it's it's a post-apocalyptic like a, kind of that's action what, movie, right? See, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. Besides, we have a poster. Or dystopian future. Yeah, we have a poster at Cinema Twenty One, and I mean, I can't not walk past it and not read it. Yeah. So it says it's that, in a very conspicuous you know, place where you have to yeah, go through the year is like nineteen seventy seven or whatever it is, and yeah. like uh, New York is what they say. New York is like a prison. Yeah. It's hard to break out, but breaking in is insane. Yeah. So and of course Kurt Russell's gonna break in. Of course Kurt Ru- and he's gonna have an eye patch. Yes. Right? Kurt Russell with an eye patch is already winning for me. <laughs> um so I don't I don't really know. This the, the whole city is a jail, the whole city is a prison. I mean, That's what I got off the post. Doesn't That's, sound very economical to me, but you <laughs> I know, know man. in a crazy future, you know, who's e- to say? Exactly. So um I have like zero predictions for what this movie's about. I think we're gonna get some ridiculous uh, action sequences. I'm hoping we're gonna get some really good one-liners. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think if Kurt Russell's in there, you can count. I mean, on that. you kind of count on it, right? Yeah, but yeah. you know, the only the other Kurt Russell movie of John Carpenter's is a thing, right? For me, you know, which I'm gonna see uh, in a couple weeks. I hope when it's at Omsi. It's coming to Omsi. Yeah. Oh, sweet! I'm gonna have yeah. to go do it. I fell in love with that movie about two years ago. All right, well, actually, our pizza's almost done. Uh, we were going to get Escape from New York pizza or Straight from New York pizza for this, but we ended up getting Papa Murphy's, but it's okay. Yes. Because we're still going to have pizza. Papa Murphy's And we is still okay. have the movie, right? So me and Ben are going to go ahead and get started on watching Escape from New York, and we'll be back with our opinions. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, let's get started. All right, and we're back. We just finished watching uh, Escape from New York. Uh, ben, what did you think about the film? I feel a bit mixed on it. <laughs> it wasn't quite as much fun as I was hoping it would be. Like, I was, no, man. I was hoping it would be a little like more like, like campy, I guess. And, and not, not that it wasn't campy, because it was. But it was, you know, parts were kind of s- slow and... Awkward, but 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 some parts are really good, and I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty politically provocative movie. So it's it's definitely an interesting watch. Yeah, it's interesting. I just I don't think I understand why this movie gets so much love that it gets. I, I feel the same way. It felt yeah. really like I really like some of the ideas in this film. Um, there, it's just really kind of bland, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. it just it just is. I mean, like I thought that, like the main antagonist wasn't really that great. Mm, the Duke, no, the Duke. <laughs> um, I thought the guy that looked like that he was the Steve Buscemi from Dragon Ball Z was pretty funny, but you know that goes so far. Yeah, the plot line. See, now the thing about this movie is. I thought the plot was actually pretty good. It's a great plot. You got a, a ticking clock built in, you know. Yeah. A goal that has to be achieved within that time. Like, and it was different. I didn't think that the that New York. I thought that New York was going to be like literally like a city sized prison. I didn't realize it was going to be just like open city. Just dump them in there and see what they do. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. You know if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I gotta say though, with everybody that recommends this movie. 
this has to be probably the my least favorite John Carpenter movie I've ever seen. Is that fair? I I mean, you know, as I mentioned before, I've only seen now now two, but like I, I mean, with Big Trouble in Little China, you know, that's yeah. a movie where I feel like you get a lot of bang for your buck. You know, yeah, like you you think about that movie, instantly, numerous like scenes pop into your head where you go, oh, that was a really cool scene, and this it's like. There was like, the, I don't even know if the fights in Escape from New York were that no. impressive or well put together. This movie lacked for what it, what I assumed the movie was, which is maybe I shouldn't assume what this movie was because we didn't know. That's why we haven't seen it, right? But this movie really lacked, like, action. Yeah. As a set. Yeah. Like, it just felt like you were just kind of moving through the city. Exactly. Uh, you know bad boy, good guy, <laughs> doesn't want to talk much, you know. Um, just kind of, You're kind of just like walking around the city and there's like, oh, there's street people, there's subway people. You don't really interact with them besides just running from them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which would be one thing if this were like, you know, a movie with a lot of great nuanced characters with compelling interactions and interesting dialogue but for this it's kind of like i feel like what you're paying for is is the spectacle you know and there there wasn't a whole lot of spectacle. totally and i i see i think the the characters too it like it just kind of falls by the wayside like this you got brain cabbie's the best in my opinion yeah and there's um, something really endearing about really Cabby, liked him man which and makes it crushing when he dies i know the uh the thing there's elements about this thing that i like like I really enjoyed the fact that you were going in there. There was a prison. Yeah. And the first scene when he goes into the theater and they're actually still performing theater. Yeah. Like they don't have yeah. anything else to do. They're like, Hey man, we used to put on shows. Let's put on this show. Welcome to New York or whatever. They're, I can't remember what number they were doing something about New York. And they're joking about the fact that, you know, it's, it, it's a prison and how miserable things yeah, exactly. are. Exactly. And yet they're, you know, putting on the show for, you know, what little audience there is for it. Yeah. It's just it was an interesting portrait of how, you know, a desperate situation people kind of make do and, and form. You could see it either as their own culture or kind of an echo of the culture they had before they were, you know, imprisoned. Definitely. The other weird thing I want to say was like we get Snake Pliskin, right? And I brought this up to you while we were watching it. The Metal Gear Solid character Snake is like yeah. a guy with the eye patch too. I don't know if those two it things. It can't are, be a coincidence. I don't right? know if that's like. I know. I don't know if that's related at all. But I'm. I'm curious to look it up now. Yeah. You know. What yeah. I, mean? I don't even play Metal Gear Solid, but no, I know who either. Snake is from Metal Gear Solid. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, overall, I really just felt there wasn't much I could get out of this movie. Yeah. I. I mean, I think you know. I don't even think that it's like. I don't know, maybe, maybe in like a big crowd. I feel like not even in a big crowd would you get, there's, there's like, for me, there was like zero comedic relief. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember, I, I don't know, I'm a big fan of uh, Leonard Malton. Like I grew up reading his movie guides and I remember reading his review of this and he said like, it, it it's kind of, I think he described it as sort of like a, a bleak kind of miserable movie. And I thought, yeah. Really? Like, you know, it's it, it's John Carpenter. Isn't John Carpenter, like, you know, kitschy and, you know, fun and goofy? But it, it's actually, it's it's kind of a, a drab 
grim scenario in spite of like the, the crazy looking costumes and stuff. And it's, uh, and I want to look up because also the, the scene where they go to the, on the bus when they first yeah. run to the president again, that's yeah. when we get the really cool score that comes through. Yeah. And I'm just double checking that this is escape from New York. This is, this score was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Score was good. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it added a lot to the scenes that kind of didn't really have a lot going on. It was dated in a good way. It was you dated know? in a good you way. Because you said this was, uh, what, 81 it came out? Uh, 1981. And yeah. also, I it, do It sounded wanna... super 80s, you know, super, like, kind of, like, electronic, like, ding, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, even, the, like, when composers now kind of try to mimic that style, you know, it's, it's just, it's not the same. Okay, you know? so it's... Soundtrack album by John Carpenter. Nice, nice. It looks like it was all performed by Alan Howarth, though. Interesting. And I do want to also, I did say earlier in the podcast that we were talking about reading the poster that said 1977, but it was actually 1997. So we were off our, we weren't, I'm not going to drag you down with me, <laughs> but I was off by 20 years, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so what do you let's let's just get down to it, man? Yeah, let's just get down to it. Do you think people should be recommending this movie to people? I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to say because I mean, you know, all this is is so subjective. I mean, like I'm sure you know there are plenty of people who you know like see something in this that that you and I don't and. You know, are 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 charmed by it in in ways that we aren't. I mean, I mean, we could we, say that for any movie, though. That, uh, we could absolutely, you're right. And I mean, so like, I don't begrudge anyone for liking it. Would I personally recommend it? Probably not. Probably, you know. Not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of. I'm just talking again. About like, I didn't I, like. Look, you know. I mean, if if I was if if in the '80s, you know, I had paid to see this in the theater. I would have been glad I saw it so I know what it was. I don't think I necessarily would have thought like I got my money's worth. I would have felt like, oh, you know, what was this kind of, you know, weird, you know, dark movie that, you know, didn't really yeah. deliver, you know, on the 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 violence and the craziness. It's just so many levels, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's so many other crazier 80s movies out there to watch. That this, oh, absolutely. Think, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if – I would be curious to watch Escape from Los Angeles because I've actually heard from some people that they don't like New York as much as Los Angeles. But I've also heard people don't like Los Angeles as much as New York. That's because I hadn't heard that some people liked L.A. better. Yeah. But that's, I mean maybe we would since we didn't Yeah, I, like I don't know how that works. One. But <laughs> honestly, I don't think I would – I wouldn't recommend this to some – just like your regular movie watcher that did like – you know, they just going to watch something on a Saturday night. I would, yeah. never, I would never recommend this movie. Nor would I, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things. I think this movie is, like, strictly for, uh, one, if you're, like, uh, a film goer and you're, like, trying to cross off all your Kurt Russell films or if you're trying to yeah. cross off your 80s movies that you haven't seen or you're trying to cross off seeing every John Carpenter film. Sure, yeah. Sure, I think that. But I think, I think on this movie myself, I'm going to have to say I would not recommend this film. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it either. The the one the one thing I mean that I think is kind of interesting is it's a really like surprisingly bold political commentary. Like just like you have it is. the prisoners as the 
you know, the, the lower class or the working class, however you want to describe, you know, them and the, you know, basically the, you know, everyone, you know, saying to Snake, oh, you're working for the man now. And the idea of the, the government and law enforcement, you know, pitting, you know, you know, basically working class people yeah. against each other to, uh, you know, protect, you know, the president to protect the, the status quo. You know, I, 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 I give, I give the movie credit because that's a, I think that's a really kind of like scary and, and very like honest portrait of America even though it's set in what was I then do, the future, I, I, I think I think it's just a shame that you know you know the movie around those just very compelling ideas is, so is not badly. you know is, is not quite up to that, that no, level because yeah. I don't because I don't I'm not someone who who feels that you know like like a good idea can you know make a bad movie a good movie I, I see it as kind of a mediocre movie that. You know, no, you feel like it's, some interesting stuff. Yeah, mediocre you know? movie that's, and then you're like, oh, you know what? But I do like this little political stab. Totally. You yeah. Know what I mean, but yeah. It, you like, like we said, it like, it just kind of drags, but then you get the political stab. Yeah. And I mean, it, that it, was another thing was the, the repetitiveness of Snake running into people. Yeah. Where they were like, you're Snake? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, I thought you were dead. He's Which like, I guess was a joke. So did I. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a joke, but not really, because they said it over and over. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, after that, they just said, oh, so now you're working for the man. Like, yeah. It was, this, it was the same thing everybody said to him every time that, that he met somebody new yep. in New York. But then, if these guys have been in prison in this New York thing, like, who the, how do they, how do they know this guy? I get it, that. It, I get it that doesn't that, make sense. I get, no. that, that, I get that that might just be a part of, like, his legend of who he is and yeah. what he's done in the past. And they're like, oh, we heard you were dead and stuff. Like, I, w- I want to know more. Like, that's kind of how it is for me. Yeah. So. Did, was it just me too or was Kurt Russell like kind of weirdly restrained in this? Because I, I thought he was kind of, he kind of seemed like he was holding back. Like, whereas, and I kind of wanted to see him like, like cut loose and be a bit less stoic. You know I mean? I get yeah, it. No. That's not the character they were going for. But like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I when he, I like Kurt Russell when he's really when he's really flamboyant, you know, and kind of bringing on the cheese. <laughs> yeah, like it's weird. Like we talked about this before. I was expecting like, you know, Kurt Russell one-liners. Did he have any? I think maybe at the very end when he was like, "You gonna kill me?" He's like, "No, nah, I'm too tired. Maybe later." Yeah, I think that might be one. <laughs> but I just expected that. You know, the more. Little more energy, not so just yeah. like, yeah, I'm here to get the president. Right, get right. Out of my way, and then like walk to the next room and be like, "Cow, it's the president here." <laughs> you know, I don't know. Because I mean, certainly there there are plenty of actors where you know it, it can be mesmerizing just to watch them. But I always think of Kurt Russell as someone who really thrives when he's uh, he, he's doing a lot of talking. I mean, no, to totally. put it simply, I mean, you you think about uh, you know. Death Proof, you know, I, I, you know, as much as I like the the car chases in that movie, or, or the one car chase, I should say. A lot of people like the dialogue. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, they're also I, I, well, talking Tarantino about, as well. So. I think about, like, you know, like, you know, as, even though, like, those dialogue scenes are, you know, frankly, way too long. I mean, I mean, you know, giving Kurt Russell that much to say, like, you feel like, oh, he's really getting into it and enjoying, like, having a lot of words to chew around and, you know, being able to ham it up and, 
you know, that's true of, of any movie I've seen him in. Like, I, I don't know if he's the best guy if you want to play, if you want, like, this sort of, like, stoic, serious badass. Yeah, and I think, you know, you know that, I think that also translates. I would be curious to see whose idea it actually was. Was it John Carpenter's idea? Yeah. Was it Kurt Russell's choice to play the, play Snake like this? Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? It yeah. just seems off-put to me. Yeah, I mean, had they? I wonder if they had, I don't know if they'd worked together by the time they did this, like, I'm not sure. Cause I'm definitely sure. sometimes like, you know, you we know, get them in the thing too. And right. Trouble right. China. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's pretty much what I have for escape from New York. Anything you want to add to this movie? I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool that, you know, a movie this weird, exists it, it's, oh yeah it's cool that you know uh, something this strange and you know in terms of the social and political commentary you know it, it's cool that something like that got made and that there's an audience that cares about it i mean you know i i don't think it works as a piece of entertainment no. you know and that's i mean and that's you know that's not a small flaw. That's a that's a pretty it's a, darn it's big a, flaw. It's you a big know? flaw. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, I I can uh, I, I can appreciate it on on a certain level, even if I don't really like it. You know, which I mean, I'm I'm not gonna watch it again. Like as you said, not gonna recommend it. I mean, I'm I'm glad I saw it because I think it's interesting to talk about. Yeah. I mean, you know. So saying, I think so. Bottom line is. We appreciate the people that like this movie and that they still watch this movie. They still do it. We just find it strange in a way, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I guess that's about it. Um, ben, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you Again, for having me. Um, if you guys are curious about watching Escape from New York, um, you can find it at Movie Madness over on Southeast Belmont in Portland, Oregon. And now, I don't know if you know this, you guys can actually, they set up drop boxes all around Portland. You know about this, Ben? I do, yeah. So now they have bo- uh, drop boxes. You don't have to drive all the way back over to Southeast Belmont. You can drop them off at Fifth Avenue Cinema. You can drop them off at Hollywood Theater. I believe that there's about, I don't know, five to seven other boxes around town. Uh, so that's news for them. If you guys feel like watching the movie, they have it. Anything we watch on the show and discuss, you can find it at Movie Madness. Ben, anything you want to add? I don't think so. Any uh, where people might be able to find you? You can follow me on uh, Twitter at T-H-O Bennett. That's T-H-O-B-E-N-N-E-T-T. Awesome. So you guys can also find Ben on the Willamette Week for his reviews. Uh, if you guys have any recommendations of movies you think we should watch in the future for future episodes, uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at Frakes on Film or at FrakesOnFilm.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.